Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's BudPod 176. One, seven, six. Please take some pics of the Edinburgh Fringe for me, Pierre. <laughs> where you are. It is where I am. And, um, and by all accounts, you are you're tearing the town up. All I'm seeing is how great Pierre Novelli's show is. Uh, well, once you're up here, Phil, you will discover that I'm the only one up here. That's the secret. Um, oh, all this, what a coup. Yeah, I've killed everyone else. And whenever you see pictures of a busy Royal Mile, they're either from other years or if you look closely, it's just me. And I've done one of those pictures where you take it loads and loads of times and you are standing in, in different bits and dressed differently. Right. So we actually, if we look at so the BBC coverage of like Edinburgh Festival, at, um, full, uh, you know, back to full capacity. Yeah since start pandemic and we zoom in on the crowd they're all like you in a wig you as a baby's head in a pram yeah you as a juggler fire breathing you as an astonished american tourist <laughs> wow i um it's good work i remember that uh a friend and excellent comedian glenn moore pointing out that one of the most annoying things about the fringe is that like it's mostly like stand-up comedy and sketch shows right and plays like that's the majority of what it yeah. is and that's the most popular stuff but, like the cover of the fringe guide every year is like an insane like neon <laughs> fucking like uh, juggling freak <laughs> with like nipple rings and like an insane face paint and like just going Rah! just screaming at you uh, totally it really missells the fringe also any photograph of the fringe in a broadsheet newspaper is like a guy dresses a jester on the royal mile juggling yes and you're like, I never see that guy. <laughs> oh, so that's the guy. That's the guy people are trying, trying to avoid. That guy. That guy's like a ghost that you only see when you go up as a journalist or something. Yeah, the coverage always tries to wants to paint this picture of the fringe as like everyone's a crazy <laughs> circus goblin, <laughs> but but no. I mean, the most rep representative fringe guide cover would just be. A lone stand-up comedian holding a mic in front of a third full room, and he's just sweating because he's so hungover and the room's so hot. Yes, he and he's pouring, maybe, and like a couple of people are kind of enjoying it, and the rest are kind of done. That would be a good and honest fringe guide cover. <laughs> and um, he's pouring sweat because how hot it is, but also like the room is sort of visibly um, a brew dog. Like right, right, right. He's visibly a, a, a just a corner of a bar. Yeah, and they've separated it from the rest of the bar with literally a flimsy curtain. Yes, and if you think we're exaggerating, uh, listeners, that is a real thing in some venues that has happened to people who we know, where they've just gone, "Well, a curtain should be enough." Well, I mean, you and I in our early days, Pierre, we ran and hosted um, a gig 
in the basement of an Italian restaurant yep. that was literally adorned with Mussolini quotes. Yeah, there were some Mussolini quotes and there was a lot of weird like ancient Roman paraphernalia, not real, but like sort of made of, I don't know, plaster. Um, yeah. Yeah, very strange, that place. Very, It's still there. It's still there. It's um, it's a nice restaurant, but yeah, weird to look in the basement and find... It is a nice restaurant. Some... Uh, good ice cream. Good ice cream. Good ice cream, bad Mussolini. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the sad thing is, were it not for the Mussolini quotes, we would be naming said restaurant and perhaps driving some business towards them, but well, yeah. uh, it's funny what a Mussolini quote will do for your marketing opportunities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, hang on. My phone is deciding that what I wanted when I said, don't play this alarm again, what I meant, Phil, apparently, was play this alarm again in 10 minutes. Right. I'd, I think... Yeah, they can be needy. I just think if I if That's I wanted funny. a snooze button, I wouldn't set an alarm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, no, no. I need a snooze button. I think you're speaking for a very small minority of people here who <laughs> don't want a snooze button. Well, you're the snooziest boy in town. That's different. I'm a very... It's true, I'm very snoozy. If there weren't a snooze button on alarms, I would just never wake up. <laughs> I often think that if, if I didn't set an alarm, I would never wake up, and that, that would be how I died. Do you think? Yeah. People go, how did Phil die? Oh, he didn't set an alarm. Or like, uh, they'd say, how did Phil die? And, they, and, and people would go, oh, he fell asleep and he never woke up. And they go, oh my God, that's terrible. What happened? And they go, no, no. He, he just didn't set an no, alarm. No, no, that's it. He just didn't <laughs> set an alarm. It's just, uh, you know, eventually, <laughs> eventually you, can only, you can only poke so many Doritos into a sleeping man's mouth. <laughs> I've recently been not able to wake up. I've been so tired. Like, I've been sleeping like eight hours or seven hours, and I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm still so tired. And I wonder, I don't know what you think. I've been wearing my, my, because of the summer and the sun, I've been wearing like an eye mask to go to sleep. Oh, I should get one. And yeah, but I think it makes waking up harder because you're having to wake up suddenly from a very deep, dark sleep. Whereas if you don't have it, the sunlight slowly permeates your eyelids and you slowly wake up in the background. So like, um, you know, so even though it's summer, you're giving your eyes and brain, eye brain, you're giving your eye brain a sort of like a darkest winter sleep. Yes, that's right. And I've got earplugs in. So it's, I'm, 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 I'm basically in like a sensory deprivation tank. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I kind of, that sounds kind of dreamy, to be honest, because obviously uh, Edinburgh here, very far north, very light, very early, very light, very early in the morning in summer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. No, I have, yeah, I've got, I, I, I have a 50 pound eye mask, Pierre. What? It's made of purest silk. Get. Um, and is apps. In a bin. <laughs> it's one of my most prized possessions is my eye mask. Okay, hang on. <laughs> First of all, an expensive I, I, eye mask. I, I mean, by price, not by weight. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And then it's like a weighted blanket, but just for your eyes. It keeps your head pinned to the bed. <laughs> it just crushes, crushes just, your eyes like it's. Just, I can't sleep without my head being pinned to the bed. <laughs> like a wrestler, a wrestler called Sleep is fighting me all night. <laughs> <laughs> I would like. Yeah. I would like. Okay. I, I would like that to be yeah. a pro wrestler called Sleep. Yeah, who sits on your face like a rikishi. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I always found that uh, gross as a kid. Yeah, pretty astonishing that Rikishi would just stick a guy's head in his enormous ass crack. Still the largest I've seen to this day. Yeah, I wonder how they came up with that, where they were like, do you think he felt hard done by, where they were like, well, what's... Well, what's the rocks thing? And they go, well, the rock has a sexy eyebrow raise. You get a huge ass fart roll. You can do a big... The rock and Rikishi are related. Did you know that? What? Yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a large Samoan-Polynesian contingency in in American professional wrestling. And, like, they're all connected by a large family. And so the rock's dad was a wrestler. And he's... I think Rikishi's his cousin. What? Yeah. Why isn't Rikishi in it's some just, bad films then? <laughs> he just doesn't have the attitude, I guess. He he couldn't smell what the rock was cooking. He tried, <laughs> but um, all he could smell was his own ass. He got, yeah, his too his his ass smell was too overpowering to smell the rock's fine fine cooking. I'd be annoyed if my thing was like having a horrible ass and everyone else got like a sexy flex and like being terrifying and cool. <laughs> I'd be pretty bummed out about that. Um, even as a kid, Literally. I remember almost putting my hands on my hips and watching that, and being like, like, like nine, being like, oh, "Come on, wrestling!" <laughs> this is just undignified. Yeah. Um, okay, so hang on. This eye mask, right? Um, yeah. First of all, a very expensive eye mask is such a villain thing to own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something villainous about paying a lot to remove a sense. Yeah, or to remove a stimulus. Yeah, and there's something. I want to see less of this world, <laughs> and I will pay top dollar to do it. <laughs> Haven't you ever wanted to be at peace? <laughs> um. <laughs> It's um. There's something villainous about it because there's something decadent about it, and a lot of villains are also just yes. like ciphers for decadence, aren't they? Just sort of, ooh, right, right. Yes. James Bond's enemy likes little, you know, little chocolates, whereas James Bond likes a just neat gin. Ha! Isn't that good? Mm. Um. Mm. So it's quite a villainy thing you've done there. And uh, what what am I getting bang for my buckwise that I'm not getting from say a a one pound eye mask that is easily available? Um, I'm glad you asked, Pierre. The, the comfort of the silk, um, yes. the uh, the strength of the 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 band, the cheap the cheap ones, the band goes after a while. The elastic goes. Oh, okay. Um, and the opaqueness of the block. I mean, you are there's no sunlight getting through that thing. Okay, so you mm. would you say it's actually it's worth it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. One of my prized possessions. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I cannot survive without it. I, I picture I pack you. pack it in my bag all the time. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I need it. I need it. <laughs> I picture you putting it on like Squidward. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel a lot like Squidward all the time with, when it regards to noise. I'm always looking out my window angrily. Yes. Yeah. I did it just today because there, there was someone drilling. I did it last night because someone was shouting. I will just I will just poke my head out the window angrily as if someone can see me, with the- as if the universe will see how annoyed I am and correct itself. With just a sort of a big frown. <laughs> Honestly, that is what I do. <laughs> that is so funny, the idea of you going, 
lifting up your eye mask angrily, going, what is that noise? (laughs) (laughs) I hate noise so much. I hate it. I hate it. You really do Uh, hate noise. What was the shouting last night? Noise pollution. I don't know. Just some guy going, wah! And it, it was along with like the clattering of glass, as if mm. as if throwing milk bottles into a recycling bin. So I don't know if he was like annoyed about having to put out his recycling, or someone else was throwing away his milk bottle collection, and he was annoyed about that. So it's going cling 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 like right, cling cling cling. It was confusing. I didn't know what was going on. Oh my god! What is it about? Maybe it's a climate change denier oh. watching someone recycle. Yeah, livid. Livid. <laughs> um, what is it about cities and towns that means that every now and then there is just like a... It's quite frightening if you really think about it. It's that somewhere in the night there's just an adult man who, for reasons you can't tell because you can't see him, is just going... Rah, rah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it happened a lot in America. You were never not watching a man scream at nothing in America. Yes. Um, and last night there was quite a few... Um, on the way back from King's Cross, shout out to any pod buds who came to see my work in progress at Two North Down. Um, there was a fire at King's Cross Station Pier. What? Last night we tried. Yeah, we tried to get back, and um, there was an alarm going off at King's Cross Station. People coming out, and they're closing the gates. And there was like one one of the TFL laid staff, a lady, was shouting at a guy for still being in the station. She's like, "Get out! Get out!" Like really dramatic. Oh my god. Um, and the guy just sort of loosely walked out and then she sort of slowly closed the gate. So it wasn't quite necessary. But the engine, the motor room of the lift had caught fire. Oh. Mm. The king was cross indeed. The flaming lift? The lift of flame. That's very the strange. The lift of fire. The devil's lift. Yeah, so then then everyone had to wait for buses, and there was just some guy walking around going, Ah! I told him not to, but ah! Uh, ah! Ah! And then he so calmly got on a bus and then blooped his card. It's like, what? How? How is that the same guy? <laughs> this is what I'm always... Uh, this is what I'm always amazed with, like, especially, like, I said this before, like, crazy, like, street preachers and people in the street, like, I can't picture them getting up that morning and putting on their clothes, but they do. Yeah. You, you imagine that as they're putting on and, their socks, they're still just going, Ah! Ah! Yeah, but this guy was shouting at nothing, but he had also gone to grips with contactless. You know, it's quite... <laughs> it is strange. You know, it, it, it's peculiar, yeah. It is strange. when you. It's like you, if, you see, if you see someone who you've just seen going absolutely apeshit on a roundabout, just in Pret. <laughs> sort of like having, having difficulty deciding between the crayfish sandwich and the chicken and bacon. Yeah, just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah exactly. Really sort of sizing up the baguettes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really strange. Oh, that's so like, weird. Mm, also, I've got a couple more hours of screaming to do. Yeah. Um, curry, oh, I need a bit of energy. <laughs> I've got a bit of... Oh, I, don't, uh, I don't scream as well on a lot of dairy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh. Shout out to the Podbuds who've been coming to my shows in Edinburgh, by the way. You guys are absolute diamonds. I got some nice Kojis on the way out. Um, excellent, excellent. Um, I had a Koji at um, a little music festival <gasps> on Sunday. 
Oh, nice. I was dancing along to to Peggy Goo, the very cool um, uh, uh, Korean lady DJ oh. um, in in Finsbury Park. And a guy came up while I was dancing away and put his hand on the shoulder and said, Koji. <laughs> Which was nice. So, so we are, the pod buds are cool. Pod buds are cool. Pod buds are dancing to Peggy Go. Yeah, man. Pod buds are always cool. Um, some good kojis. And uh, I keep thinking to myself, because, so I introduce myself on stage, right? And I always forget to say koji when I'm up on the stage, because I'm just thinking about the show too much. Um, yeah. But when I'm backstage and behind the little curtain, and I'm about to introduce myself and come on. At the end of every show, when Bud Pods come past me and say, oh, Koji, thank you, or whatever, and I go, oh, thanks, yeah, okay, thank you, Koji, um, I always think, oh, I should really do like a shout-out at the start or whatever, or maybe, and I always think, oh, but when I'm when I'm behind the curtain, I could do it. But, Phil, here's my nightmare scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I've got six, seven, eight days in a row of Bud Pods coming to the show and saying Koji afterwards. I've built up a lot of confidence right. that Bud Pods are coming to the show and they should... Pod Buds. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Ah. Pod Buds are coming to the show. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. the terminology is very important. And, um, and they should be addressed, right? So I think, okay, this keeps happening, great. And then my nightmare is I'm backstage and it's like, uh, oh, people of the monkey barrel, Koji. And then there's nothing. I personally Imagine. don't think you should. I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should. I think, well, for one, it's alienating to the people who who aren't pod buds. Forgive them their sins. Yeah. Um, uh, and and second, I think it's nice for people to come up at the end and give you a little. Yeah. I, th- I think it's nice that the kojis are whispered. I think it, <laughs> it should be like a secret <laughs> Illuminati sign. I do quite. You know, I do quite like that. It is. It is like a creepy cult of sexy boys and yeah, girls, exactly. or whatever it was that we said. Naughty little boys and naughty little girls. That's right. Dirty, dirty little boys and dirty little girls. That's yeah. right. But yeah, I, I I was laughing to myself at how embarrassed I'd be if I was like smugly from behind a curtain, oh, Koji, and then just like deadly silence. And I have to go, uh, never mind, please, welcome to the stage. <laughs> or, or you just hear sort of very exaggerated mumbling about, what? what, what would the, I didn't understand. What does he mean by Koji? <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy this now. That's strange. I'm, I've lost faith in this show already. <laughs> yeah, it just—it's like a, um, a sound effect called "angry townsfolk." <laughs> I'm not going to like this show. I'm going to fold my arms. You just wait and see. I'm backstage going, "Oh God! Oh God! Oh God!" I mean, John Robbins of uh, John Robbins and Alice James podcast fame. Yeah. Um, when if if someone shouts a podcast thing during a show, he will literally go "not here," <laughs> which which I think is maybe too far the other way. <laughs> Does he do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll angrily go "not here." Like that. <laughs> that is so funny. Like the podcast is someone he's having an affair with. <laughs> That's so funny, <laughs> darling. Please, not here. Not where I work. Not in front of the class. Uh, my wife is here. My wife is here. Not here. Podcast. <laughs> my live stand-up career is here. Not here. 
Um, that is extremely, extremely funny. I would, if I was a, um, a, um, oh God, what are they? Um, shit, what are they called? The fans of Ellison John. It's not aficionado, but it's something. Oh, like podcast, the podcast devotee. Devotee. If I was a devotee, I wouldn't even be annoyed about that. That's such a funny thing to have said to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's canon, isn't it? It's canon. Yeah, not here. That's very good. <laughs> um, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I just say Koji and nod and because uh, it's a pay what you want show, and there's a there's an option to sort of tip me on the way out. I do feel a bit like a sort of weird vicar, grubby vicar. Um. Yeah, but it's going super well, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this vicar has has little has little call to be to be grumpy. This vicar's got a very satisfied parish. All I'm seeing on Twitter is other comedians praising your show, which is, and your comedians are such, <laughs> we're all such egotistical pricks <laughs> that, like, do you have any idea how good a show has to be for a comedian to come out and say? Another comedian show was good. Like, <laughs> it needs to be good. So I'm, I, you know, this, this, your show must be sensational. Oh, thanks, man. I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I got up and I do my dance. It's very sweaty. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the word masterclass a lot. <laughs> That's the word I'm, I'm hearing. Like I'm a lint chocolatier. <laughs> Or like you've done one of those sort of quite rather creepy, oh yeah, um, online masterclasses where they've got someone ex- like are you, they've got someone where you go, how did they get Robert De Niro? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like one of those. Yeah, hi, I'm Pierre Novelli, and in my masterclass, you'll learn how to deal with her hen party. <laughs> um, they w- when to say and not to say Koji on stage. <laughs> Do you know how they film those? The masterclasses. Yeah, well, apparently, because, like, obviously, the thing that is, seems insane is they sort of go, you look at it and you go, okay, they got, like, Robert De Niro, like you say, or, or you know, Francis Ford Coppola, or whatever, and you go, what, what? And you think, okay, I can understand that, like, look, any celebrity is available for a price, right, basically. Mm-hmm. Fine, 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 fine. However, um... Very few celebrities are willing or necessarily able for a price to put together, I mean, 10 hours of lectures. Yes, yes, yes. A a lesson plan. A (laughs) lesson. Yeah. yeah. Robert De Niro. Beyonce putting together a lesson plan. Yeah. Robert De Niro handing out photocopied bits of paper. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, it's smudgy. Using one of those overhead projectors (laughs) with a a big bright light. (laughs) And having to adjust the mirror at the top, like, can you see that? Can you? Can you see that? He would have a good squinty face. <laughs> yeah. And these shoes, can you see that? Can you imagine how squinty he'd get if his if the light got in his face? Like, how much left is there to squint? Oh, they, his face would just become like mirror. like a sort of um um a what like a one belly crease. Yeah, it would just start collapsing in on it. Just one line, just. <laughs> Yeah, like a Guillermo del Toro monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah called yeah, called the squint. El el squinte. El squinto. <laughs> Un accidente. That's my only movie impression I can do. What's that? The is Pan. Yeah. Pan from Pan's Labyrinth going 
Un accidente. Un That's all I can accidente. Do. That's good. An accident. That's um, nice. But apparently what they do is they ask them, they just ask them the uh, really well-structured questions and, and edit it really well. Uh, right, right, right. So they have the lesson plan effectively. Yeah, so they just, they just sort of coax. They just say, okay, we're yeah. just going to talk to you for ages and film all of it, and you just have to answer in the form of a question. Right, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, very smart. I think very that's smart. well. That's what I was told by someone, that that's what they do for... I'm sure, look, I'm sure like... um. Oh God! What's his name? He's um the very alternative director. His hair is a quiff. Oh, his hair is a quiff. Yeah, he did uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, you know the oh. guy. I mean, like, David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure David Lynch put together a hell of a plan. I'm sure he did a damn fine plan. I'm sure he did it all himself. But if I was a, a lazy celebrity, I would just be like, yeah, just fucking talk to me. You figure it out. You cut it. Show me it before you put it out. <laughs> There's your masterclass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, thank you, Phil. That is very me. nice of you yeah. to mention my lovely compliments, which, you know, as you know, it is difficult to uh, go on about them too much unless you are destined for success in entertainment by virtue of being an absolute sociopath. Yes, yes, yes. There's nothing, especially in the UK. Yeah. You cannot get away with, you have to hope other people compliment you and point out your success for you because you can't do it <laughs> or you cannot do it yourself. Yes. You have to undermine it if you even try. It's a bit like, it feels like you're trying to boast in feudal Japan. <laughs> yeah. Or like you're a genie, like you're very powerful, but only someone else can set you free. Like you have to wait for someone else to say the magic word. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah someone patted me on the shoulder, another comedian, and said, great show, man. And I went, oh, brrr, and like my, my shackles started glowing and like flying off. And I, sp I spun into the air, oh, like that. Uh, and, you grow legs. Yeah, yeah blah, 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 I grow plunk, legs. Plunk. Whoa, whoa. And um. <laughs> out of out of the sky drifted down glowing a ticket back to london i can go home now <laughs> uh, but how how was the fronge in general is it crazy fun is it good to be back the fronge, well, i guess you you were back last year but is it back in you know to be back in its full form it looks pretty pretty close to a normal one i think i mean it's hard to tell the the numbers of shows is down uh, by what, like, four hundred? I heard seventeen percent. Yeah, it's about seventeen. Yeah, twenty percent. I don't know if audiences are down by the same amount. It's hard to tell. The Royal Mile was nice and busy, and like uh, the Saturdays were very busy. Um, mm. Ticket numbers are sort of fine. It, it, it's looking like it could be not normal, but surprisingly close. Because I was very pessimistic about it. Um, yeah, it's, well, I heard that uh, ticket sales and uh, are picking up and like yeah. getting pretty. It's good. Um, good. It's good vibes overall. Um, it's very nice to see everybody. Shout out uh, to um, Alfie Brown. If you're at the Fringe, Alfie is doing new material like whips over the next couple of days. I think only, and um, 
uh, he, by his own admission, he fucked up filling in the form. So it doesn't say Alfie Brown, the end of the pier at the end of the world. It just says the end of the pier at the end of the world. So it looks like a really sort of like romantic play about an apocalypse. Oh, he didn't put his name mm. on, on the form. Yeah, he buggered it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, he buggered it up. Yeah. Um, so it and it, it it the photo is something else. So I don't know. Yes, and it's on at like five past midnight at Mikey Barrel. Um, so right, right. Last night, um, me and a uh, great comedian, great friend of the pod, Alex Keeley, were having a lovely pint mm-hmm. and discussing our audiences in the Monkey Barrel Bar. Uh, and Alfie and uh, Kwame Asante, another excellent comedian and uh, old friend of mine, uh, was there as well. Good old Kwame. Uh, so me, Kili, me, me, and Kwame were having a pint, and uh, Alfie sort of burst into the bar like, um, like uh, the dad from Beauty and the Beast. He um, <laughs> boom, right. he came into the bar and he sort of bellowed very impressively to the crowd in the bar, ladies and gentlemen, about the fact that as a, owing to various factors, which it turned out was getting the name a bit wrong, there weren't enough people in the room for the for the work in progress. Like, well, there were some, but he wanted more basically. So he did it. He did a really good little speech, and just basically everyone in the bar clapped like it was a a coup. Mm. Um, and we all went and watched. He did a speech about how. Oh wow, that's 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 very impressive. That's fringe stuff. That's fringe. That's fringe. That's fringe. Do you think the fringe could have a mascot um, called? Um, what would he be called? Renty. <laughs> he'd be called. He'd be called Renty. And. Um, <laughs> And uh, what would he be physically? Um, a um, big financial document, like a paper, a paper bill. Yeah, like a, a bill. Yeah, or um, a very long bill, or like a big, a, a big sort of a square foot. A square foot. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like Renty the square foot. That's the fringe mascot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Renty the square foot, and his catchphrase is "That's fringe." <laughs> and he just shrugs. Renty. Yeah. Renty, please. I want to do a show so badly, but the, the rent, the flat, it's five thousand pounds. It's not even close to the centre. That's fringe. He does a big shrug. That's fringe. That's fringe. <laughs> that's fringe. Sorry, kids. That's fringe. <laughs> and kids love him for some reason. Like, yay, <laughs> Renty. Yeah, they love him. They love him and they pay him because that's what he wants. That's all Renty wants. Renty just eats money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he poops tears. <laughs> yeah, so that was... um. So this fringe, fringe stuff is happening, Phil, is the headline. Um, fringe shit is going on. Delightful. I can't wait to be there. I'll be there next... Uh I'll be there starting on the fifteenth of Monday. My week, my week of shows has sold out, Ooh. but adding an extra show on the Thursday. So if you, if there are any pod buds up, I'm and you, you missed out on tickets first time around. I'm doing one extra show on Thursday night, the eighteenth of August at ten thirty p.m. So come along to that. Shall we read some correspondence? Yes, we must. Really, we must. Really? 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Reading letters from people who like us, from people who hate us, from people who don't mind reading letters. About their poops, about their days, <laughs> about their loved ones, about their children, about their uncles, about their jobs. <laughs> it's letters. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. About their uncles, about their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that is um that is really funny. <laughs> I'm gonna have that stuck in my head all day about their uncles, about the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh Lord. Uh. <clears throat> oh, it's getting warm. It's warm, Pierre. Another heat wave is coming to London. I can't wait to go up to Edinburgh, and I checked the um just to get away from the heat. Yeah. And the, the, literally the day I get there begins a week of rain in Edinburgh. Yes, I've heard this. The rain cometh. Whereas at the moment in Edinburgh, it's pretty muggy. It's it's pretty muggy. Is it warm? Yeah, it's warm enough that in a big room full of people, I am sweating a lot. Pretty lot of sweat, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the, yeah, the heat's a real problem. Yeah, they, every venue fights the heat. Uh, Luke, Luke gets in touch. Luke, don't be spooky. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> um, hello, PNP, he says, love the pod. I am one of a bunch of apprentices that have been living together. Oh, wow. Yeah, sounds quite <clears throat> magical. Like... Yeah, so where does this guy live? Skyrim? <laughs> that would be a funny thing to... Oh, who do you live with, man? Oh, I live with my fellow apprentices. <laughs> I beg your pardon? I live in the guild. <laughs> well, of course, I'm housed oh. by the Worshipful Guild. <laughs> That's great. I wish I lived in... I guess I live in a house of apprentices during the Fringe. Yeah, that's true, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Every, every flat in Edinburgh is a guild for the the month of August. Every flat in Edinburgh is a guild. Isn't that right, Renty? <laughs> Gas friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, renty charge guilds. <laughs> renty it guild money. That's French. <laughs> yeah, yay. Renty. All cheering and running after him. Um, so Luke says, I'm one of a bunch of apprentices that have been living together, and we got the opportunity to go on a work trip, all paid for, for a week to gain some experience at a uni campus. Very cool. Lovely. What apprentice of what? I wonder. I wonder. I think we might have heard from Luke before, but I'm not sure. Um, right. I'm not sure. It's cool, though. Apprentice Apprenticeships are the way to go, I think, for a lot of jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we, yeah. You and I did a, just an unofficial one at uni by doing gigs constantly. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, we were booked into an okay hotel, but was virtually empty as restric- restrictions had only been lifted for a little bit. Um, come the second evening, we all decided to have a drink at the hotel bar. Very nice. Lovely. Yeah. And for me, that's all it was. A drink, or as me as one of... Uh, or or uh, that's Oh, God, what is this? And for me, that's all it was. A drink. Um, as me or one or two of the others decided to go to bed so we could get up in the morning. However, others decided to continue drinking. Um, mm. Come the morning, I heard laughter outside my door. I opened it, and one of the clearly hungover friends offers me fifty pounds to swap rooms. Oh no! Mm. I suspiciously decline. That's good, isn't it? I suspiciously decline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. No. No. <laughs> mm. No. It's a nice way to decline something suspiciously. <laughs> yeah. mm. No. Mm, no. Um, <laughs> where was I? I suspiciously decline and ask what's going on. They lead me down the corridor and show me. Before even reaching their door, I can smell this, the horrible stench. Um, they open the door, uh, yeah. and I immediately notice a cow pat of shit on the floor at the end of the bed. Uh, oh, Oh, no. How? Like an evil Santa has been. Yes. It's not cold this year, kids. The Krampus. It's not cold this year, kids. <laughs> Santa's absolutely furious. He's calling it bum coal, and he's angry. <laughs> um, at this point, the smell was overwhelming, and I couldn't bring myself to go in. So I wasn't sick, but from my friend's description... There was poo on the bedsheets, on the chair, and around the wall. And on the wall around the light uh, switch. Oh, no. Oh! Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yuck. Like the scene of a pooey murder. <laughs> yeah, where the CSI turns the light on and sees all the poo everywhere. And it goes, ring! Like that. <laughs> like that bit in uh, Red Dragon. Um, we found this absolutely hilarious. Uh, he claimed he didn't remember how it happened, but would you admit that you did? Fair. Um, but it did give us uh, a, give it him a big problem. Our manager made the booking, so should the staff discover the mess, they would call our manager, and we also had to work that day. Right. Mm. So, yes. we went to work. It was only a ten-minute walk away, with him unsurprisingly depressed and hungover. Come lunchtime, he managed to slip away to try and clean the room. He was away the rest of the day, and somehow this went unnoticed. 
Good, clever boy. <laughs> um, we came back and he said he'd cleaned most of the mess on the wall and the floor and used the shower to clean the chair. Oh, my God. Oh, what? what ha- oh, right, he took the chair into the shower. Yeah, like a pensioner. Right. <laughs> you oh. don't want to use that shower to clean the chair. Also, like, surely... Um, by that point, presumably a cleaner had already been in and just gone, nope. Oh. Given a, themselves given a suspicious no. <laughs> just looked at all the shit everywhere and went, mm, no. Before even opening the door, they could smell it through the door. They just go, mm, no. No. <laughs> this is a trap. Um, however, there was no way he could clean his bed and bedding, so he put them in a black bag in the cupboard and just turned the mattress over. You could still smell it outside the room. Oh, my God. Ay, ay, ay. Come the second to last day, so I guess this is a few days in, if it's a week away, second to last day, the sheets are still in the cupboard, and we're telling him he has to tell uh, reception what's happened, no matter how embarrassing it would be. But he had a plan. He did go down to reception, but he said that he'd left his sheets outside, um, and they had been collected, but he hadn't been given any new ones. So he got the clean sheets from reception and took his poo sheets out of the hotel in a bag for life. Looking pretty suspicious. Um, hopefully not for life or the poo sheets, only, only just for the journey. And he put them in a shop's industrial bin around the corner. Oh my god. Somehow he managed to get away with it with nothing more than a faded stain on the carpet. Aren't we all in the end? Just that. Um, I will never trust a hotel room again. Keep on jacking it, Luke. Yeah, I know. Whenever I go into a hotel room, I still am under the illusion that it's mine. And like, it feels like I'm the first person to have ever been in there. Yeah. Yes. And I'll get naked and I'll jump on the bed, <laughs> rubbing my ass on things and like making snow angels in the bed and just like um, grabbing my, my naked parts and just grabbing, you know, just rolling around like, ah, my place, my place. <laughs> and then... And then I'll get them. Then this moment will come across me, and I'll go, "Oh, I'm not the first person to have done this." Yeah, Yeah, you think, "Ah, this is um, this is what everyone does, isn't it?" Mm. (laughs) Um, the comedian Tom Segura has a funny routine about that, where he says, um, he every time he 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 goes into a hotel room, it's uh, he says, uh, "Now, now, time to disrespect this room," or something like that. (laughs) Um, well thank you very much Luke I hope um, your apprentice sheeps is going well yes whatever it is in the dark arts alchemy (laughs) coopering what's coopering Um, a cooper is do they make barrels they make barrels Philip well done yes nice Nice. You'll be a medieval boy yet. Very nice. <laughs> um, well, uh, Christ Penelope, it's time for the bonus part. Christ Penelope. Christ Penelope. Um, yes, yes, we have got to go to the secret um, fringe bar. Oh, yeah. Of the bonus part. <gasps> of course. Um, yes. And before Pierre must return to his... Uh, to his um, glorious fringe run, mm-hmm. and I must return to. Well, I've got an electrician coming. That's what's happening to, for me today. You must return to squidwooding out the window. Yes, 
<laughs> um, but see you all in the bonus pod. Or if you are not a Patreon, which you should be. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.